So we have these microphones. It's called the Roadcaster. You can hear it. It's a, like a deep like resonance. It's pretty cool. We have it. You know, it's the one thing we spent money on here. We didn't spend money on the set, obviously, but uh, it makes everyone's voice really sound as good as it can sound, except for our guests. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, <clears throat> if you can make me sound like a grown man, then, then that's, that's all I ask. I kept saying, Brian, Brian Kiley. I didn't call him by his last name and his first name, but I said, Brian, I pull that microphone and what do you hear the sound? And he goes, I don't know. Over there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not working for me. I'm still insecure. So is that a thing that you grew up with that you never liked the sound of your voice? Uh, yeah. Yeah, me too. I yeah. identify with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, when I first started doing stand-up in the old days, remember, you'd have to have cassette tapes and oh. a tape recorder yeah. and listen to your sets. Yeah. And it was excruciating. The excruciating thing that you don't have, though, is a Boston accent. That, to me, if I had that, it's, if I was like Lenny Clark or yeah, whatever, yeah, one of those yeah. guys, I'd be killing myself. It's gotten much better. It was like when you I, used to have oh, one? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were one of those Boston guys, Don yes. Gavin and yeah. well, Sweeney. I, I, I don't and, know if I was ever as bad as them, but <laughs> I will say this. You know, when I did, so I did eight shows in Israel in yeah. 2015, and they do the Q&A after, and every show, someone would go, you're from Boston, right? They knew you're from Boston? Yes, yes, just from my accent. I can hardly hear it. Well, it's gotten much better. It, like, when I watch old tapes and things, it's like, oh, boy. I My golf partner, we played in, played in this, um, like, tournament. For, mm -hmm. It lasts for six months. We actually won, but I was thinking about losing because I had to go another month with this guy with the Boston accent. It was killing me. Is he a comic? He's, no, he's not a comic. Oh, okay, he's okay. just a yeah, yeah. He's yeah. in the tech business, but oh my god, I take a separate card after the time. <laughs> I can't stand, but we won. When I get tired, it slips out. You can you can hear. Yeah, but or when words, you go words. back to your town. Oh my god, yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. worst. Yes, it's funny you said Lenny Clark because one time he stopped by my office. He was on the set. At, he was and the lot at Warner Brothers, and he stopped by, and the two of us started talking a mile a minute, yeah, you know, yeah. and the guy at Sharon Office was like, what happened to you? It's like, <laughs> so, well, Lenny Clark came in, and I had to keep match up with you him. You just called him Lenny Clark. Yeah, so that's, that's what I mean. I had to match his energy and his. What part of Boston did you grow up in? So I grew up just outside. I grew up in a suburb called Newton, Mass., which is, it's. it's a, I know Newton, you yeah. Do. You do. Oh, yeah. Oh. Very, very wealthy on the wealthy side. You're Irish, but it's I'm very Irish. Jewish. Yes, yes, yes. And it was it was a nice neighborhood. And it was a mix. It was a mix, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, did you grow up a decent amount of money with your parents? Uh, no, not. I mean, we we were on the like we lived in a nice town, but we weren't well off in our town, right? You know? And with our five kids, and um, so, that's that's already an income yes, uh, yes, difficulty for yeah, the parents. Absolutely. So no, I mean, we kind of you know I, whenever people say new, no, whatever, but it's like no, we really weren't. Uh, we weren't that, that, well, that I don't know if you were like, what was it like being, did you have any, did you grow up with any shame for instance? And, sure, sure. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Especially, <laughs> of course. Why do you think we became a comedian? Absolutely. Sure. What were your shame points? Not to bring them up and rub them in, but I mean, I have a feeling it would be being around wealthy people was one of mine. Yes. I definitely feel insecure about that. You know, the other thing for me was, you know, my younger brother was smarter than me from day one. And my end, he ended up going to Harvard and he's a judge now and he was very, you know, oh, but it was always that thing of, I felt very self-conscious that my little brother was smarter than me from an early age. Interesting. You know? And there are even things now that'll come up. There'll be some factual thing that will come up and I'll mention in conversation and I'll say, oh, whatever. And I'll think, you know, Dan said that to me when he was like 12. So you were, you were ahead of him how many years of two, school? Well, two years. So two. I was like 20 22 months older than him. Oh, that's Irish twins. Just yes, about. yes. And he and was, you taller, are Irish. He was taller than me 
from the time I was like in the sixth grade and he was in the fourth That's grade. That's so not right. No, when you, no. Yeah. and everyone thought he was older and, and he was smart. Yeah. He was terrible. And yeah. it's usually, yeah. usually like, um, you know, when brothers come through, like I have a bunch of sons and yes. go, oh, your, your older brother, yes. you was probably reversed. It was know. reversed. And Are I you felt, related to uh, your younger brother? <laughs> <laughs> so I felt very self-conscious about that. It's interesting. Thought, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, what about like family? Did your family fit in? I mean, did you feel like... Uh, you know, it's big, big Irish, I guess, Catholic family. Yes, yes. Not in a predominantly Catholic area, though. So no, that can no. also be a source of it's, it's funny. feeling yes. different. All my friends were Jewish growing up. Yeah. And I kind of hung out with the nerdy Jewish kids to some extent. Mm -hmm. And um, Which is why you talk the way you do. I do. <laughs> well, it's funny. You know, <laughs> if you my, grew up with uh, yes. Don Gavin, you go, come on, you <laughs> cocksucker. You yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so my parent, you know, my dad was in World War II and my, you know, they, my parents grew up during the depression and they were, they were 10 or 15 years older than a lot of my friend's parents. Right. So it was a different, different. Well, if he's mindset. a world war two vet. Yes, I mean, yes, that's, yes, yeah. that's an older parent. Yeah. 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 And your mom was also gave birth uh, or he just married somebody much younger. No, no, she was, you know, she was two years younger. So she, you know, they were both, uh, you know, wow. by the time I came along, you know, my older sister is nine and a half years older. Mm -hmm. My older brother is seven years older. Then yeah. there's a seven year gap. And then me and my little brother and my little sister. So oh, you have a little sister too. Yes, wow. Yes, yeah, yeah. Dad was rocking it uh, <laughs> late. Well, we don't need to delve. Into that. <laughs> I didn't mean rocking it that way. Like you know, rocking the bed. Your dad. I'm not going to talk like that. <laughs> I didn't know what's happening. But but I'm I'm an older dad actually. To um, I have an eight year old, and it's a. Uh, the biggest fear I have, which they didn't have in that generation, was they were just an older dad. But I'm like, you know, I go to pick her up at school and they ask her if I'm the grandfather, It's which is the worst sure, feeling sure, in the sure, world. Sure, Your dad sure. probably never heard it because all parents just looked the same back then. Right, right. Like right, you could be 20 true. years apart and you all look the same. <laughs> it, it's such a different perspective now. Do you have kids? I, I do. How many do you have? I've got two kids. What, what ages? Uh, 26 and 24. Oh, okay. So you, you were in the middle there. You're not, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not a dod, a dusty old dad. <laughs> we have a club, you know, <laughs> so you, you can't be in it. But uh, so did you raise your kids to um, be what kind of kids did you raise? Did you raise them to be uh, sports oriented, reading oriented, well-rounded? Yeah, I, I always felt like as long as if my kid had a, a book or a ball in their hand, then I was happy. A book or a ball. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, reading was a big thing and, yeah. and, and sports was a was a big thing too, yeah. You didn't make them in the Red Sox fans living in Los Angeles, did you? Well, we and yeah, I mean, we and we were actually living in New York as Red Sox fans. So, oh, that, that's even worse. But you know, well, when two thousand and three happened and the Red Sox folded at the end there, that was, I was like, what have I done? You know, they're crying. It was terrible. You know, and then when they when they won it in two thousand and four, they loved to be able to go to school and gloat to their friends. Yeah. Them, so I did the same yes. thing with my Philadelphia kids. Sure, sure. All raised in L.A. to be yeah, Philadelphia yeah, yeah. fans, and all oh, the shame that they had for a while. <laughs> but yeah, two thousand eight. That was our time. Absolutely, that was awesome. Now, are you a big Red Sox fan? I am. Mm -hmm. You're gonna love this story. All right. Now, you know that I really believe in the healing powers of laughter, which mm -hmm. we're gonna discuss, and I really, I, I think that it really, I know that it shifts our consciousness. It gets rid of nerves and, and so on. It's a wonderful thing. So I had, I was, I, I'll tell you a story real quickly. So I was friends with Phil Jackson and they were, they were in last place, the Lakers and Kobe and Shaq. Remember they were fighting. Mm -hmm. I said, send them to a comedy show. So they had a night off. They were in last place. He made it mandatory. You know, he's very Zen like they had to go to, they had to go to this, uh, Gave up to this comedy show together the, at the punchline at Sacramento on the night the, off. The two of them or the all whole of them, team, the whole team, the whole team, the whole team, whole team mm -hmm. goes, they had the time of their lives. They won 17, the next 20 and they won the championship. Wow. 
So it was from that bonding, which laughter does. If you and I are laughing together, there's nothing else going on in the world. We're just connected in right, that right, way, right? right? It's joy, it's happiness, which we should all be. So going back to the uh, Red Sox, I'm friends with Johnny Damon, long time. I brought my buddy from Brockton to see the Red Sox play the Angels. And he's there, go get him, Johnny. I hate them Yankees. They suck us, the toxic, <laughs> you know, whatever. Sure, sure. So he's like, go get him, Johnny. Got us the tickets. So now they go to Boston, plays the Yankees, and it was bad. Do you remember that? Sure, sure, sure. Really bad. Yeah, like yeah Johnny. Yeah. So then uh, Chuck calls me up. He goes, Shoemaker, get your laughing healing crap. Boy, I think your boy Damon. He can't hit the broad set of a bond. <laughs> this is his best buddy who got him tickets two weeks ago. I go, you're right. And I sent him. He already had my DVD. I go, Johnny, play it in the clubhouse. He played it for the clubhouse. They all laughed. My new DVD. They all laughed their ass off. They won. They, they then swept the Yankees. Johnny had seven RBI against on the game seven yeah, yeah, yeah. against the right. Yankees, that, yeah. and they swept the red uh, the uh, Cardinals for the World Series championship. Sure, sure, First sure. time in eighty six years. Yes, wasn't about the piano that of <laughs> Babe Ruth and <laughs> right, right. you know the Himalayas and all this kind of. They did all sorts of stuff. Bucky Dent and Bill Buckner. It wasn't about that. It was about the energy of everyone in Boston was so fear filled. Oh, that, yeah. That laughter. The, and Johnny called my radio show the next day. I said, what are you doing after you win the World Series? I'm drunk on a golf course in Boston. He goes, I said, what's the difference? He goes, there's a lot of great teams. We had the most fun. There's a lot right, of great right. teams. Yes, yes, The yes. ones who have fun, which I'm happy about my 76ers now that they got hardened. They're laughing and having a great time and killing it. Three in a row. We'll see what happens. But... That's my point. Well, Damon famously, remember he was clipping his nails mm -hmm. in the before the game. Yeah. I guess it was game seven. Yeah. And they were shocked at how loose they were. Yes. Well, thank you then if you were involved in that. <laughs> I was involved. That was a big moment <laughs> in my life, believe me, after all those years. It was, I, I mean, when I watched it, like I didn't go, but I watched it at home. I felt so great for my friend Johnny and all of Boston. I just, you could see like when they were losing, they were going to get swept. Sure, sure. You watch, they put it, they panned to the faces. Oh, do you yeah, remember yeah. the? Yes. Do you remember how it was oh, in Boston? God. Yes. So angry and uptight and tense. Well, we went you can't it play as fluidly that way. Absolutely. Yeah, because know. something's going to go wrong. The, the other shoe's yes. going to drop these cocksuckers. <laughs> Absolutely. The other shoe's going to drop. And you know what? Since that time, Boston has turned everything around. The That's sports true. are the best. That's what did it. That one, that them winning the World Series now, Bruins and Celtics and... It's and of course the Patriots. Yeah, it's ridiculous, yeah. but the energy shifted. Absolutely, and it came from laughter. Well, thank you. And you've been in the laughter business a long time. I have, yeah. Would you say you're primarily a writer? Uh, yes. I mean, if if you talk to my accountant, he's going to say yes. Um, <laughs> but you know what? I did stand up all the way. I mean, I know. Yeah, I really have. So kept yourself fresh. I no matter oh, the yes. writing gigs, I'm yes. going to go get a spot. And yes, and people were kind of like, well, why would you go? You know, the people I work with, especially now during the day, they're yeah. like, why are you off so and so doing this? But it's like, I I'm a comic, you know. And what is it that drives you to get onto a stage? Like, and obviously it's off hours because you're working you're right, Conan, right, right. right? Well, I was with Conan for 27 years. No. Yes. Way. Yes. So when I worked with you in New York, you were with Conan when I he was, was in New York. That's right. That's right. And then, so that ended last year. And then I got a job writing for Ellen. So I'm on that right now. No. Yeah. Yeah. So that ends uh, in, in May. So. Permanently. She's going, yeah, she's so retiring, she's right? Yeah. 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 Wow. That's, that, what's the difference between, if you can say it, sure. the difference between working for Conan and working for Ellen? They're completely different energies. Well, it's, it's not so much about the two of them. It's more about 
writing for late night versus writing for daytime. Mm, good point. Yeah. And I, and I keep pitching stuff in the meetings and they go, <laughs> we can't do that. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh, really? And it seems yeah. so innocuous, yeah. you know, and that would have been tame at, you know what I mean? Sure. And there they're like, oh, hey, hey come on. So. It's so daytime and it's such yes, a different audience. Such a different audience. I so. don't like the term housewives, but that's what, you know, it's the old school and housewives that they're appealing kids to. Watching and oh, kids during the day. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So that's that. Whole different thing. standards and practices team yes. comes in for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you feel handcuffed a little bit, but oh, it also yeah. works another muscle. It does. I mean, it, it gets you different, you know, and it's, we really don't do anything topical with Ellen. We're Conan. We're writing for that As, day. It's right? called evergreen. Evergreen. Those, yeah. Absolutely. And you could see this years from now. It'd be the same yes, sort of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. So I like to write evergreen as a matter of yeah, fact. So you don't the, though. You like current events. I, well, I do for, you know, what I kind of, I'll always like for my act to, to talk about personal things, right. you know? And so I kind of gave Conan the, I'll write hit the topical stuff for him. And I'll keep the personal stuff for right. me. And in I, your act, yeah. In my act, because I didn't want to have the thing of, oh, do I keep this joke for me or give it to right. him? You know, that kind right. of thing. So, but now with Ellen, there are, you know, like I wrote a, 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 a monologue for about salad bars. You know, it's like it's like things like that. Yeah. Th those are the topics. So it's it's just, it's it's different. Does she do them? I haven't seen her show in a while. She does a monologue? She. I know she dances. I love the well, way she dances. Yes. Very sexy, by the way. Oh, well. Um, for me, I, for I've me, some, I'm just, I've got some bad news for you. She doesn't dance anymore. No, no. Well, she doesn't dance anymore. Yes, yes, yes. She doesn't. She doesn't. She hired a guy to to be the. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Yeah. whoa wait a minute. Yes. What do you mean? Hired a guy? She has a, a sidekick. Well, I know him. She, she, that guy Twitch. Twitch, yeah, but he's a professional dancer, and he dances for her. Like she'll come out and do a little monologue, and then Twitch will come out and dance, and then she sits down and does a comedy. Oh yes. no, yeah. Ellen. <laughs> but Twitch is an amazing dance. Like, that doesn't matter, day. though. An amazing dancer, I don't want to see. I want to see. To me, it's sexy because it's a vulnerability to it. I'm not a professional. Yes. I'm a comedian. I, I love that. I thought it was so appealing when she would do that. I loved her, the way she would dance. I would. I, I use her moves, by the way, whenever <laughs> I dance. Well, she stopped doing a couple of years. I didn't you know, know that. Well, I didn't know, I didn't know anything until I got there. So I haven't watched in a while. My friend is on there, a guy I mentored. Um, John Dorenbos. I don't know if you've seen him yet. I don't know. I don't know anybody. You haven't been the there very long, right? Yeah, I started in, in August. Yeah. Oh, okay. So. I, I thought he'd be on. He's a magician and he played in the oh. NFL. Oh. And oh, he oh. won. He's a magician who played in the NFL? Yeah, he's a really? long snapper. And I met him years ago and he's got this unbelievable story. Ellen loves him. Hmm. She had him on all the time. I thought he was still she, doing she it. She might still have had him. You know, I usually don't want the guests, to be honest. <laughs> so she may have had him on. I'm oh, sorry. that's a right. He's yes. probably been there every other day. You didn't know it. No, that's because you're concentrating thing. on the monologue. Absolutely, you're writing your thing, and the same thing with Conan. A lot of times, you watch the comedy, see how that goes, and then you're working for the next day or whatever. That's so, right. You're yeah. checking out the the newspaper yeah. for the, if there is yeah. such thing as newspapers. Yeah, anymore. Conan used to give me a hard time because he'd say something about the next day about the interview with so and so, and he go, "Oh, yeah. that's right, you don't watch the show." <laughs> that's right. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm trying to write for you. For well, the next what's your day. position called at both shows? Uh, well, with the with Conan, I was a monologue writer, and here I'm just I'm just a writer. Now, we just brought it up on the oh, computer. That's John Dorenbos. Oh, well, good for him. Yeah, he was a long snapper. Which is uh, a great gig. For, it's unbelievable. Right? Unbelievable. Four to 15 years he lasted in the NFL. He played for my Eagles. But oh. I met him many years ago, and I just got a kick out of him. And he has an amazing story. His uh, Talking about personal stories. His mom was murdered by his father. Oh, my God. Like the suburban life, and then suddenly put her in a trunk and, you know, whatever. Horrible story. And he went into foster care, and to, be, to deal with his grief, he became a master magician. He'll be on our show here. 
Uh, and so I ended up mentoring him. He, they got a, oh, here's another thing. He sent fake tapes to get a full ride scholarship as a linebacker to University of Texas, El Paso. So he was there under a whole fraud thing. But anyway, he ended up learning how to long snap 15 years in the NFL. Then I said, man, you're a great magician. I called up Brian Gumple. Brian Gumpel would put him on real sports. And he ends up third in uh, America's Got Talent. And the rest is history. He's on Ellen all the time. Oh my she God. loves uh, John. Oh, sure. oh yeah, he's got God. that. Terrible, tragic story, but he has overcome it, and now his life is magic. Incredible. By the way, do you? There's the thing with comedians. Many of them are sarcastic. You're not one of them. That's why you're here. By the way, I always dug your energy. You're such well, a good you. guy, and thank I always you. liked you. You know, we don't know each other that well. It's been 100 years since we worked together. But it is that energy that you don't have? I can ask you this question, magicians. What do you think of magicians? Oh, um, you know, a lot of comedians are like, oh, magician. That's you know, what I mean. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. No, yeah. no, I'm not You're not like that, that way. No, no, no. I'm not like that. Um, I don't think I would. Well, I guess I have been to the to the Magic Castle. Have you? I yeah. have. I take guests there all the time. But um, I, I'm fine. You know, I... I but you you're not turned you don't it's no, not like one of not, your things. No 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 no. I know certain comics. I no, love com like I love magic. Yes, I will. I think the ones that are really good at I love the sleight of hand. The sleight of hand is and, it's, it's yes. absolutely it's fascinating to me and something that I can't do is what I'm impressed with. Well, I'm then I'm constantly impressed. With <laughs> but there was Sorry. a magician at Comedy Magic for some reason when I was first there. Brian Gillis? No, his name was Danny something but they would always put him on before me and his act was silent. So I'd be behind the curtain waiting to go on next, and, you, and you're doing a short set, so you, sure. And you would, and he would do this thing where he'd snap and his shirt change. Which, but the, for the, for, I didn't see his act like the first ten times. I'm just behind the curtain, yeah. And I just hear the crowd going, "Ooh!" <laughs> huh? But I, there's no talking. You like, you're going, what's going on out there? You yeah. Know? And then I finally saw him, and he would do these things where he would snap his fingers, and the color of his shirt would change, and all right. this kind of stuff like that. But it was a sign. He's amazing. Act. See, yeah. to me, that's yeah. just fascinating. Oh, absolutely. You wonder how they're doing oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah. You're, and by the way, you could watch them every night and still not know. That's when you know yes. you're really good. I, I actually don't like it when someone ruins it on me and shows, oh, they do it like this. I know, it's Penn like, and Teller do that. Yeah, it's a little it's like, disappointing. It's like, oh, you it's took like, the fun out of it for yeah. me. I like being amazed. Yeah, you know? Penn and Teller are that type anyway. You know what I mean? They're like that type of guy. They won't be on my show. They're not into it lightening up. You know, it's like, really? You can't like let that slide. Yeah, like, let us well, really believe it's magic. Sure. I've actually had times where I go, that was magic. You're not going to tell me anything else. <laughs> I think that's what goes on sometimes in the world. It's a big magic trick. What, I mean, what do you mean? But the, how you know, propaganda, how that takes us in directions of look over here, look over sure, here, sure, look over sure, here. Sure. Oh, yes. The distractions, the deflections. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why yeah. I left. I'm not in a party anymore. I left my left. I left them. I had to leave them because I saw their fraud too. Right, right, right. I always saw it with the right evangelicals, always saw it with them. I didn't get the hypocrisies and all that kind of stuff. And now the left, I'm going, oh, wait a minute. You know, there's some doves in their sleeves, you know, right, right, and it's right. just, it's very disappointing to me, but I do think it's a big magic show out there and I have to, that's when I am cynical towards magic. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Absolutely. You know, I just don't, I don't like the fraud that goes on. I just, I'm really, you know, where do you find your, do you have like a, like any spiritual program? Do you have any, uh, you know, how do you live your life? You know, how do you raise your kids besides obviously, you know, education and stuff like what about the you know, the inspirational stuff. I mean, what, what kind of patterning do you have? Um, 
like you're you're known as a good guy. Like you're a good oh. guy. So that's like that's like your spirituality, right? You you could call that God, your goodness, or whatever you want. But I mean, do you have anything to, uh, like regular practice? You meditation? Do you have anything like that? You know, that you're thinking about it. as my answer. I'm so you know, I I was. It's funny. I've kind of gotten off. The, I. I I did that stuff, and I should be doing it more because I've ha- I've actually noticed some, I've had some health problems of late. Yeah, where it's just stress, and it's like you know mm-hmm. what you need to you need to go back to meditating and that kind of thing. Maybe I'm your intervention. <laughs> well, I could use that absolutely. Yeah. So, so you did have some sort of you did a meditative process, or I would just listen to the Daily Calm. Did you ever that app? No. It's this app called the Daily Calm, and it's a woman. I'm going to botch her name. She's got kind of an unusual name, but it would be. Mm-hmm. You know, close your eyes and do yeah, breathing yeah. and all this mindfulness, mindfulness training and awareness. Yeah, absolutely. But she would always have a little, uh, just a little uh, fable or a little mm-hmm. bit of wisdom at the end. Yeah, that I really, some of them really stuck with me. You know, there, there was, and the, it carries you through your day. Yes, the one I it's like a grounding was the was the um, jellyfish one. I don't know if you've heard this one where. There's some kind of storm and there's like a million jellyfish washed up on the beach. And a guy goes by and he's picking them up and one by one throwing them back in the ocean. And someone comes and is like, look, there's a million of them here. You're not going to make a difference. And he picks up one and throws it in the ocean and says, well, made a difference for that one. And I just love that because it's like, you know what? We can't help, we can't help the whole world, you know. Yeah. But if, when you can make do something for one person or whatever, then you are making a difference. That is a very symbolic, wonderful story. Yes. I, mean, I, I love that. So whether it's true or not, I mean, that's it. I always tell people it's, you know, peace, you know, begins with me. Right, right. right. And then you, that carries through the next person, the next person and so forth. You can't like, that's what I have a problem with this. Why I'm off of the news now. It's like, okay, there's war here. There's also war over there, 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 but sure, they just have sure. darker skin. We're not going to concentrate on. They're going to go for the ones that look like us. Yeah. That's yeah, how that's how they choose the that. news. Yes, they script yes, yes. it. They, they, they cast do. the good looking girl that we follow. That's yes, what they yes, do. Yes. And then we Absolutely. obsess with them. And it's a deflection to be who we really are, that, to have that peace, to have that love, to have that mindfulness, to be able to throw one jellyfish back to help one person. Yes, yeah, It's so much into chaos and mayhem that we're completely not ourselves anymore. Yes. So that's why I was asking you, do you have a practice? Sounds like you're going to start one. Do you have a practice that kind of keeps you centered in that place where you'll take a jellyfish and put them back in the water? I I don't know. I guess it's just more of a, I try to be a a teach his own kind of person. Mm -hmm. And um, I just try to try to deal with each person. But I, I, I don't think I'm... I've, I haven't been meditating. You know, I read and I go about my sure. life. But, um, Which is meditative, by the way. So is walking. Yeah. You know, these yeah. are great practices. Yeah, I, I can actually get in that problem of just too much, just being too busy, too much information, and actually not having that reflective time. Or yeah, whatever, yeah. Those, those reflective times are really important. I um, I just had some really tough stuff going. I got COVID oh, and a bunch of stuff, yeah, you know, yeah. deaths and things sure. like that. and. It just, I just hit this wall where I went, man, you got to go back to the practice. Yeah. Cause when you're, when you're not working on, you know, shooting with your left, you're going to lose your left. Yeah. Yeah. You know and I mean, but if you work these muscles, these, you know, spiritual, whatever you want to call it, these loving muscles, that's what you're going to become is you're going to become more loving and even more funny. Yes. Because yeah. when you're working yourself, you become yourself and that's what you reveal on stage. You were saying that that's most of your material 
is, you know, go with the news. That's what you give to Conan or whatever it is. But it's the personal stuff that you bring to the stage, right? right? Yes, yes. Experiences. You know, you were, I don't know if, so I remember when I opened for you at Caroline's years ago, I don't, it was really, um, it was really one of the great moments of my life because I came home after the show Saturday. Mm -hmm. My son was a baby sleeping in our room and he said dada he said he said his first words that weekend <laughs> wow and it was such a memorable wow, it's thing. so crazy and it was so, crazy. so random and they had because the, the there was a 1 a.m show we had to do there was like the shows were like 8 10 and what do three shows, three shows. Yeah, it was crazy and i was dreading that 1 a.m show yeah. because in boston when we had shows 8 10 and midnight yeah. the, the 8 and 10 could be fantastic and then the midnight was a free-for-all oh free-for-all and you yes. go home and it was like and the audience is like you know yeah they hand, think that they're they, the act absolutely and they were near yeah. fist fights in the crowd and stuff like sure that. especially boston, so yeah. absolutely so i'd go home like you know you, you wish you could gotten the bad one out of the way first and then had the two good ones but you'd leave on <laughs> the bat you know what i mean yeah so i was dreading the 1 a.m it was New York. They had gone out to dinner. They're all wearing suits and tie. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like, a, they couldn't have been nice. I was in like, New York, their, their, their night starts at absolutely. 10. And yeah. I was like, Oh, this was like, I was dreading the show all week and it couldn't have been better. So then I went, I went to bed at 3am Yeah. and at 5am I heard my son say, and it was like, well, I heard that. <laughs> you wow. know what I mean? And it was such a That's moment I'll never forget, but I always associate you with that because I remember coming in the next. And now he's 26. Sunday. Yes. I know. That's crazy. <laughs> crazy. I, I want to meet him. And I right. say, you know what? Uh, I'm kind of like a, yes. a manifester of Dada, your first, your, first, your first words. That's awesome. It's strange the memories you have of people, you know, through you know, that's, yes. that one's locked in. But locked in. of all of them, though, that's an odd one because it didn't even happen when we were working together. Right, right, right. I it mean, happened. I saw you that night and told you about it, but it was it was just sort of like I associate you with that weekend. And, yeah, and, and, yeah. And I hadn't had kids yet, so I couldn't really relate oh, to it as much. Yeah. Do you remember when you were didn't have kids and mm-hmm. single or, yeah, single mm-hmm. or even married, when people would do kid material, I was so, like, I don't know. I remember right. this guy, Bill Keller. Do you remember him, Bill uh, Keller? Sure, sure. I you know. do? I do know, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. he was clean yes, and he yes, did kid yes. material. I'm going, ah, <laughs> ah, what is this stuff with the kids? And that's all I can talk about now because it's what I know. Right, right. That's yeah, so I, I must have kids in my audience yes. going, ah, <laughs> kids, who cares? I don't want kids. You can't relate to it. Yes. Do you remember that your single material, how different sure, it is sure. from oh today? God. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, first yeah. of all, you're much more mature, obviously, with a different take. What do you think the biggest shift is that you've had as far as like your, your perspective on comedy, the type of material that you do? Have you ever had a big shift? Like, you know, Carlin, remember when Carlin had the album that came out that yes. was literally, you watched the shift on the album. Right, right, right. You went from the straight. I think it had AM, yeah. AM FM, right? Yeah. Is that what it said? But it had, it had like the straight guy yes. in a tie. Yes. And it had the bearded hippie. Yes. You watched this transition that he made, this transformation that he made from the straight lace guy to, you know, Absolutely. the seven dirty words. And so did you ever have anything like that? I know I've had a few times in my career where I can actually point to it and go, ah, shift, shift, shift. That went a whole different direction, directions that I'm happy with. Have you ever had that happen in your career where you went, even a job that you had where you were kind of like, you took it in a different direction. I think I think I had a couple of shifts. I think early mm-hmm. on I just wanted to get laughs. And then I think yeah. I realized but pretty quickly I realized I was like I wanted to do the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. 
So I just focused on that, and I would write clean, and I would eat it a lot of times in these bars where it's especially Boston. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but I was I was just focused on that, and what I did accidentally was I carved a little niche for myself because Brian Regan or Seinfeld or Rita Rudner would come to town, and. I was the only one that they would they, they go, we need someone cleaned open for them. So I would get the gig. Wow. Yeah. So I ended up getting all this. It's a smart like move. You can always make it dirty. You can't but, unclean it. Right. But I wasn't, it wasn't um, intentional. Do you know what I mean? Like it was like, okay, I want to do this. And then it was sort of a byproduct of that, that sort of worked out to my benefit. And it's a certain type of rhythm that you have to develop. Yes. Yeah. I used, I did the opposite. I said, you know, I could write an act like that, but it wasn't my goal. Right. Right. You know, right. my goal was much more laughs and yes. headlining sure, and all that sure, kind of, of stuff. Course, absolutely. So you, you achieved your goal. Did you get on the tonight show with Johnny Carson? If, if you don't know who Johnny Carson is, if you think Carson is Carson Daly, <laughs> no, we actually yeah. had uh, many comics. That was the, you know, the Holy Grail. Yes. That was it. Really it. Was. You want, and he, if he gave you the okay sign, yes. if you went to the couch, oh my God, there was yes. a whole process. Yes, yes, yes. It was so big and it never to be seen again. Right, right. Right. And there was nothing on at 11.30. He was the only, any, was anybody who tried to compete with him, done. Oh yeah, absolutely. It was like, I think Alan Thicke tried, uh, Merv Griffin tried, Joey right. Bishop tried. You know, you, there was just no one that was yes, going to compete yes, with yes. Johnny Carson. He was an icon, still is. Yes. So your goal was to be on the Tonight Show, and you and you have to write a certain way. Yes, absolutely. It was set up so, punch and so on. Spoiler alert: I didn't make it. <laughs> no. I got on Jay about a year after Johnny left. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Yes. Yes. Was that like a? I guess that was disappointing. And when he retired, you're going, oh, I got to get on quick. Yeah. And, but they're using like Billy Crystal yes. and people like that. There's yeah, no absolutely. way I'm going to bump them. Well, my friend Joe Yannetti, do you know him? Yeah, of course. So he got booked, supposed to do Carson. Another Boston and guy. And then when Carson was wrapping up, all these big stars came back and he just got pushed off and he never got, and they never no. the, Yes. You know, you know, it's funny that's happening right now after COVID, all the stadium and big venue acts, they're yes. booting us. Yes. So I'm a headliner at comedy clubs and now it's like, no, we have Kevin Hart. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, what am I going to do? I'm now like lower that's on so the- so interesting. Yeah, people are asking me, when are you coming back to Dallas? Sorry. Whoa, you know, you, you can go, you can go see a, a weigh-ins if you want, but you're not going <laughs> to see me. Yeah, it's true. I mean, this is what's happened right. is there's a big bumping that's going on, but it, it'll, it'll clean out, yes, you know, yes, they'll absolutely. go back to stadiums when people are filling stadiums and yep. bigger, yep. bigger arenas and venues and things like that. Did you ever tour with anyone? Uh, no, I, that's I, surprising. I, didn't. I guess you were so busy writing for other shows. Yeah. Once, and once I started, Conan. Got, yeah, once I start, got my job at Conan, then I really couldn't, I, I may go on the road one week a year then. At that you know, point. you just got the job when I worked with you. Right, right, right. Yeah. You were brand new there, so you weren't like a head writer. No, no, no. Then you became like the head writer, right? Like, well, I was the head monologue writer. I was, yeah. you know, so, well, yeah. Well, who was the head writer? Uh, well, we had different guys. There was a guy named Mike Sweeney. Yeah. Uh, do you know him? I remember that. stand up. Uh, yeah. Jonathan Groff was... Uh, Matt O'Brien. So, so they decide the what gets the final. They're the final decision makers. How does that operate? No, no. Conan is the final decision maker. Oh, okay, right, right. It really yeah. is. So, I got that. Yeah. But it's actually a, a, a it's a very difficult job because you're not you're not writing for the most part. You have to make sure all the other departments are in charge. You gotta you you're have to cull through the all the other writers' material to see what to present to Conan. You've got to deal with the the you know. 
with the editors and the the makeup people and the you know all the the different. Why the makeup people? Well, maybe not the makeup people, but you have to deal. Well, with if you have if you're doing a bit, yes, and the costume people, right? What the what the you know, or the set designers, or what the set is, because you, you know you come up with a little idea. There was an idea I had where remember when they outlawed straws? Yeah. So they outlawed right. straws, and so I came up with this bit where there's a guy. He's doing a pile of cocaine. The cops burst in. Oh, he's using a straw. Let's get him. And they put the cups on him. They leave the coke. I and see where that's going. Yeah. Right, right. So just that's to, funny. That's funny. That's and great. And they made it this this elaborate set, like yeah. the whole thing. And it's like they designed this room. You know, what all I mean? for basically one joke. All for one tech, ten second joke. That's you know that I love the joke though. That's great. Well, so they they've got like lights and, and, and sirens the set, and but they've got the, the whole set. room. It's like he's it's like a basement apartment that they built <laughs> right. and all this stuff. That's you know what incredible. I mean? So there's all this behind the scenes yeah. stuff, and you like and they had that you have the casting people involved and you have to coordinate that well not me that's what the head writer does you know so oh, i just okay. i just send the so they're a producer yes they're yes. really a producer yes, and you're more really of a writer are. absolutely absolutely you hand them this and you say well, we're going to need these following things or well, the prop they, department has to do this costumes after yes, this we got to get casting on this absolutely can you get a cop can you get it you know and all right, that exactly did you exactly. Did, did the writers play the parts sometimes many yeah. times yes like yes. how many bits were you in through the years were you, uh, quite a few uh, i was in a handful you know, he actually, just a handful. Well, he didn't like it when I was in a bit because, <laughs> because he wanted me writing the monologue that day. So sometimes he'd be like, what are you doing on the day? You know what I mean? <laughs> so uh, they, they did. That's so crazy. I would be in it every once in a while, but there was a bit with Dion Cole. Do you know Dion? Yeah. Really funny, so guy. funny. So isn't he on like a uh, old spice or something? He's on the old, he's the old spice guy. Yeah. He's on blackish and he's on these he's really movies, funny. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. funny and so charismatic. And yeah, so he, uh, they did a bit where something would happen and he'd go, you know, Conan would have him go to comment on it. And he's like, this is so too stereotypical for me to, you know, so I'm going to bring out the whitest guy and he's going to come. So you bring out me and I would read his lines <laughs> and do it for him. So we did that. You're very white. <laughs> very white. <laughs> right? Right, right. So, so that's so, that you were cast in that. Yes. Yeah, we don't even have to go to a casting director yes. on this. One. We've got our whitey <laughs> yes. right here. So I would. This guy's alabaster. Absolutely. Right. So I'd come in, and you know, it's so funny because I didn't write those bits, and I would just go read the cue cards, and you go, "Oh, this is the easiest thing in the world." Yeah. Just, I lost so much respect for newscaster, but you go, "Well, anybody can do this." Are you kidding me? You know. But uh, yeah, you can. And Conan too. I was like, I can, I can host this Conan show. You call the Kylie show for God's sakes. I wrote this crap. I could deliver it. And I, we don't need to get this with, out there. with better actually. feeling. <laughs> I said it. You didn't say it. It's, so yeah, yeah. Reading cue cards, but you still have to have. Chops. Well, you have. And there's to have so the many people that have tried. Yes, yes, yes. They just don't have the chops. He's a very bright man he, who's he got the chops. He's a brilliant guy. What absolutely. is he doing now that I still see him on Instagram all the time? Well, he's got he's got his podcast. And is that what it is? He, That's yes. a podcast, mm -hmm. and it's very successful. And he sure. um Supposedly, you know, he's in talks with HBO about some show. So I don't know what what that's going to be or whatever. But well, you'll be unemployed in August. Perfect. Well, yeah, that good timing. Sound good to me. I'd be believe me. I'd be happy to go back. So <laughs> yeah. So what are your aspirations? As I mean, like as a stand up, do you now? So you had the Tonight Show as a goal. You yes. made the Tonight Show. Yes. It was the Jay Leno Tonight Show. Yes. So I did that four times. Okay. And then how was it like though? The feeling of that achievement. When you walk off yes. that stage, you just go, wow, man, that's exactly what I was expecting. Or do you think that's a little disappointing? It, no, you know, it was so interesting. You know how sometimes you're doing a show and, you know, you're 
third grade teachers in the front row or, or your, yeah. your neighbor or whatever. Yeah, this which is, I move them, by the way. <laughs> I really do. But this is like everyone you know is there in the front row. Do you know what I mean? Because so many people you know in your life happen to see it or, or, or yeah. got word that you were on or whatever. Yeah. So, so many different parts. And it's probably different now just because we're in such a fractured society. But at the time, so many, you know, it was, I just heard from people I hadn't heard from in years. Mm -hmm. And, and it, that is the thing of everyone you know is in your head when you go out there. And actually, that was the first time my dad had ever gone to see me. Well, so you must have more security than I do because I'm thinking the people in my head can't wait to see me bomb. And that's who will get in touch with me if I bomb. Well, you have that whole thing. You have, you know, it's old girlfriends. It's that's right. People, it's enemy, you know, oh, yeah. it's your best, your old coat. You know, it's it's that whole mix. It's the whole before, spectrum. Before my debut, on the, when I, I co-hosted the Magic Hour, Magic Johnson show. Sure, sure. And, but when I was behind the partition, they were about to unveil that I was the new co-host or I was the co-host. And I literally had a list of all the 13 girls that shot me down for the prom. <laughs> Wait till they see me now. And then they all watched me get fired in days. <laughs> so, yeah, so much for that idea. Well, for a few minutes. it was For a few minutes yes, when, yes, was, yes. when they said my name, but they did say my announcement was, here's a guy nobody would, nobody would shower with. Craig Shoemaker. That was my that was my intro. <laughs> and even you're going, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> right. I'm in back of the thing of maybe I won't come out to this, to this, this unbelievable introduction. So, I mean, do you? It's like a, it's like a hit, you know, it's like a drug hit. Sure. Sure. When you have these things, does it, does it kind of go down a little bit? Each one you, you did four of them. Is the fourth one as exciting as the first one? Is it more exciting? I mean, the dopamine hit, did you get it on each one? I, I, or are I they did. equal? I did. I, you know, the first one's the best. You yeah, know, of course. You, you yeah. know, um, I did get that. I was going to say virginity, but nobody's virginity when they break it is ever good. <laughs> Mine was uh, Ava Tamini, ter terrible. <laughs> so, well, no wonder no one showers with you. Um, <laughs> so, yes, I mean, that was always exciting. And then what would happen at Conan is a guest would cancel and they'd be like, get out there. So I had to keep a suit in my office and have wow. a set ready. And yeah, so I they canceled with that little notice. Will be the day before or that. Yes, I mean it was either. Don't they have a roster of comics that they have approved or pre-approved or no? <sighs> I I don't know. I did it twelve times and only, Conan Conan. Jeez. Oh, and only once did they give me a date. Say you're going to be on you know wow. May second. The rest of the time it was like get you know like they said can you do the show tomorrow and I'd say well I've only got like two thirds of a set and they go. You'll be the second guest, oh whatever. And I'd be writing stuff on the train that day. It was insane. Yeah. Oh my God. It's like having a cleaning lady and once in a while, hey, I don't yes. know. My wife's not giving me sex. Yes. Get it, get in here. Well, <laughs> then, and I've, that's, you feel yes. a little used. Yes, yes. But and, use me because you're getting, you got extra money every time, right? You do. Because you get a set money as along with your salary. Um, what do you mean? You get your SAG scale. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Appearance fee yes. along with what you're already making. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Do, do some of the comics who aren't doing that, the writers, do you think they get a little resentful or jealous? I don't think so because a lot of the sketch guys were on the show all the time doing bits. They were. Yeah. So they were on. These are the writers. Yes. Yeah, so they were. Lori, <coughs> excuse me. Laurie sure. Kilmartin was one of them. Yes. 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 She yes. probably did it a number of times too. Uh, she would be. Yeah. She'd be in. I mean, her and Was I, she a pinch hitter as well? Um, no, because by the time the TBS show happened, we were out here and that didn't, it, it, it happened in New York. Because oh, this is New York. This was in New York. Where well, Why would it not happen here? Because for, for whatever reason, they could always find somebody else. 
Oh, I think there's more people out here or whatever. More comics, comics. more available comics. Absolutely. And it's interesting. I would think New York yes. would have more. Well, I wasn't always filling in for a comic in New York because sometimes it would be the second guest would be some actor or something mm -hmm. whose flight got canceled sure. or something like that. And Get out there and do a set. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, you're like a court jester. Amuse me, yes, comedy yes. boy. <laughs> and then, then for a while there, what happened was um, I got on Letterman as a fluke because Dave got sick. So Bruce Willis was supposed to be the first guest. Mm -hmm. So they had to have Bruce Willis host. And they, they, so they call, Eddie Brill called me at one in the afternoon. No. I didn't even know I was in the running because what happened was I had auditioned for them a bunch of times. The first time I did it, I, I auditioned, I was 25 and the producer came and told me I was very good. And then when I got the call to do the show, it was 17 years later. Mm. So I had no idea I was in the running. He called me and goes, this is a weird question. Can you do the show today? And I, what? Was, I was at Conan, so I was, you know, a few blocks away. Yeah, but you have to ask for permission. Yeah. Because you have to leave your job. Yes. And Conan was fine with it. Sure, he better him. be. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I always had my suit in my office, so I just put my suit on and walked over there. Unbelievable. And, um, and did the show. So then after that, then they would put me on what often when they, when they didn't have, you know, Letterman did Letterman. So did. you did it a number of times. I did it seven times, seven yeah. times, but only wow. once did I get a date from them. And it wasn't until I moved to LA that they had to actually give me a date because I couldn't fill in at the last minute. Wow. How do you have, man, that's prolific writing right there. I mean, that's just, uh, but I think it's like, um, I guess you could compare it to athletes like, Maybe like I'm a great rebounder and you're not so good at it, but you right. can shoot a three. Yeah. Well, it's, and they it bring you in the shoot a three. Skill. It's a skill set. Absolutely. And and yeah. I know for you, if they said, Hey, go out and headline this club and go do an hour. Yeah. You wouldn't break a sweat. Uh, yeah. Not, do that. Not, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, for me, I'd be like, Oh, that's so many jokes for me. Do you know what I mean? That's right. like 180 jokes. To, yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? But to go out and do a five minute set that I've been working on, it's clean. You know what I mean? It's almost like I've trained as a sprinter as opposed to a marathon. Race. I use that comparison all the time. <laughs> I tell people, yes. you know, how come you're not doing this show? I go, because I'm a marathoner. I'm not right. a sprinter. Right. It doesn't make me a bad runner. No, no, no. I'm a top me. of my, I'm Frank Shorter or whatever. Yes. You know, and. I'm you, very jealous of the, of the marathon runners. And we're jealous of you. <laughs> it's true though. And there yes. are very few that can do both. Yes. yes think yes, about yes, it. Yes, yes. And I actually think that ca people casting, I guess Letterman had final decision and all that. They Letterman doesn't like marathoners, right? No, right, right, right. no, out. You yes. know, callbacks. No, I'm the right. king of callbacks. <laughs> you know, people like that. They do not like it. I remember when Joe, uh, remember uh, Jim McCauley. Sure, he would cast the Tonight Show with Johnny mm -hmm. Carson. You had to appeal to him, and he knew what Johnny liked. Right, 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 right. And you had to appeal to what Johnny liked, and you have to get that. And he likes sprinters. Yes, yeah. all the all of them except maybe. Um, Jimmy Fallon, I would think, doesn't. I don't think he necessarily looks for right. that type because he's not that type. Sure, sure. In New York at Caroline's, by the way, I uh, you know I headline there and sure. he used to draw pretty well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at standing ovations that weekend, I worked with you. It was yeah, amazing. still getting them. So great because <laughs> I'm a marathoner. So great. People people stand for the marathoner. Yeah. The sprinter, they're going. Well, where is he? He's, he's, he's gone already. <laughs> he's already gone. He's, he's in the locker room. I don't know stuff. I understand. <laughs> But I developed an act like a play. Yes. Like a play. You're not happy with a five-minute play. Right. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. I want them to go, I'm going to give you an experience. 
So Fallon's manager comes up, and Jimmy was real shy in the background. They said, you know, do you mind if uh, we use your audience? People would always use my audiences. What do you mean? So, so like um, Chris Rock for the Oscars used my audience at the Comedy Magic Club, Gary Shandling for Emmys. They would rehearse their stuff oh, in front really? of my adult audiences that were packed. Oh, that's amazing. Smart move on yeah. their part. Mm, wow. I, you know, I draw really, really cool adult people that are smart, and it's perfect for them. And it's the right Anyway, whatever, they're great audiences. And Jimmy Kimmel knew, uh, not Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon knew this. And his manager came up and she said, um, my client, Jimmy, and he's like, oh, yeah, how you doing? And uh, I like your work, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. And he's really shy, cool kid. And I, I said, she says that um, Saturday Night Live is here to see him. Um, and would you mind? And I actually don't like guest sets. I don't, I, like, I don't like guest sets either. But I, no, I don't I like them. It's like, yes. it's, look, I have got my show. I got that's it planned. Right. People think I'm an asshole, but it's just, that's my thing. Sure. You want to go draw? You go draw, and I won't ask you to be on my, your show either. It's kind of weird. It's like, you know, you go to do, uh, you know, the king and I, you're going to take that dance scene out because we have a better <laughs> dancer that's going to stop in here. It doesn't make any sense to me. So whatever, that's how the game works. But this time, selfishly, between us and who's ever watching, I said, yes, no problem, because I thought to myself, if the Saturday Night Live crew sees me, they're going to book me, the guy with the standing ovation, not this kid, right? I actually said that to myself. So he goes on, he killed, he brought his guitar, and he killed, and I walked on stage, and I'm going, oh, my God, I can't wait till this. All 11 seats were empty. They went into yep. the other room, and they signed yep. them in the other room. Yep. I, I, <laughs> I'd I never seen them again. I knew they were never going to stay. I knew that. <laughs> oh, you did know that? I know. They, you knew they, that was the they, end of the story? They never stay. They don't they stay. Ne they don't stay. Uh, we're here for the one person yes. we're here to see. Yes. You're not in and, our sights. And even if the person bombs, they not. They get up and leave. Up, like, up and leave. That's yes. right. They're not going to go, I hope the next guy's yes. good. Nope. No, no, no. 11 no. seats empty, oh. and that was it. He signed in the other room. Oh. And I've never done that show, by the way. Uh, well, wouldn't, wouldn't you think that he would, you know, hey, man, absolutely here's a guy. Yes. I mean, you would put me on a show just because your baby said Dada. Yes, <laughs> the I would night like, we you know what, this guy, it's a big part of my life. Get him out here. Absolutely. I can't wait to meet but, your older son now. But, you know, the other thing about guest sets is they step on your stuff. You know, if you, right. it's like, you know what? He did an Uber joke and now my Uber joke's not going to do as well or whatever. You know, I, I, has, I had to close a show recently where I, there were like 10 people in front of me. And one by one, I'm checking off jokes, and I'm like, oh, I can't do that one now. I can't do that. Brian, I see. You know, thing. And, and even though the joke is different, just that the subject nope. has been broached, it ruins it, you know? They don't understand. And if you yes. ask them not to do it, they act like you're a jackass. I know. I'm going, no, know. this is my show. you yes. got to respect my show. Can you not do that? You know, I have somebody opens for me, has one, like I have a hunk about, you know, this white thing and everything. But it's just one thing that's really close, and, but it ruins all the rhythm of the joke. So yes. now the whole thing has to come up, and they yes. never understand it. I had a guy yes. in San Diego recently. He said, what are you getting all up, and they're here to see you. They love you. He's, like, explaining that he's keeping the same. This was, like, the same stuff. Right, right. Oh this was God. more than crushing oh, really? a premise. This was, like, almost direct. Doing, oh, my God. Okay. And I'm going, hey, man. He said, what the, what's wrong with you? He's, like, getting mad at me. He was the club owner, too. He's like, no, you don't understand. You're, you're like taking a piece of, now I have Absolutely. to put something else that fits in yes. there. And it's just, why do it? That's yes. the whole thing is you come up with something that has nothing to do with what I'm doing. Yes, absolutely. If you're writing a script, you can't have someone else come and rewrite one scene. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're Tarantino. <laughs> no, it's He true. used to do that, actually. It's true. No, it's, and, and also sometimes you get someone who comes in and they piss off the crowd. 
And it's like, that too. well, thanks for stopping by, ruining the show. Or they ruin leaving. it with Fs. Yes, absolutely. That'll do it too. That'll do it. I had one time I was on my way uh, to a gig and it was a little nerve wracking because I don't like the shows that, you know, I'm not headlining and quite to be honest with you, I don't like showcase shows. It's just, it's hard for me Sure. because you do have to watch the people ahead of you and yes. I don't want to do that either. Yeah. And you're oh my god that needs to go. now you're trying to rearrange and stuff and also what you plan now you can't do what you plan can't do whatever. exactly yeah, right yeah, yeah. and it's it's a set time yeah you can't go over the time it's not like your show yeah so I was like in the middle of this show big supernova you know that supernova yeah 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 it's like a big deal and it's like you know during COVID that was where you went it was outdoors and all this and I had this brand new joke it was so funny I go oh they'll like this you know because they're a younger audience oh they'll like this and it was something that really happened it's kept someone kept texting me. And it was pissing me off. And I'm like texting him about, I'm driving. And he said, where are you? We're supposed to be golfing. I'm, I'm driving. I'll be right there. And then I said, with my thumbs being big, the L is next to the K. I said, I'll tell you what, when I get there, I'm going to lick your ass. <laughs> so, so I was going to like say that <laughs> joke. Right, like right, in the beginning, right. kids right. love, the kids these days love a licking ass Absolutely. joke. Absolutely. I sure. swear to God, this is true. Four comedians all did licking ass jokes before. Thank God I watched them. Oh my I would have been the fifth in a row right. that did, they oh do. God. But the, the kids today, I sound like a Jack Carter. These kids today, they, they did, they do like fully on oh licking my, ass. Oh yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. there's like, you know, had my ass licked. I was like, kick your ass, lick your ass. <laughs> you know, I was, you know, the old school, like sure, cleaner sure. version. But, uh, I could not believe it. You talk about a premise being burnt. That was just a bonfire of that premise. So I took that joke out, put some other ones in sure, there. Sure. Do you ever have that happen when you play younger crowds? You know, we're around the same age sure. and at the same amount of time. Do you ever say to yourself, man, these kids aren't going to get what I'm saying? And do you run it yes. by your kids? And Yes. I mean, there's definitely, it also depends on how long I'm doing because there are, it's like, okay, you know what? I don't need to do my kid material or whatever. Yeah. If they're, you know, but yeah, there's definitely, and I, you know, I have a joke about, I, um, I looked on my front porch a couple weeks ago and I spotted a coyote and it was kind of my fault because I'd ordered a package from Acme. <laughs> so. <laughs> the producer just got it too. That is one of those delay jokes. But it's, it's Comedian also, got it in a half a second. It took him three. But it's also. You got to wait for that laugh. If they're too young. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. And I'll do that joke. And it's funny. I'll even say sometimes I go, you have to be a certain age to get that joke. Because the older people, people my yes. age like it. But younger people some often That's don't get so the That's so funny. Now, we know? couldn't do that on the same show because I have a joke about when I was a kid, I used to think that tampons, I used to grow up, I grew up with all females, were sure. sticks of dynamite. I said, because that's what the coyote used. <laughs> the string was the fuse. That's, that's so I funny. really thought, and I would put my ear to the door. I thought I was going to, I thought that's how they got rid of them, whatever they were for. I, would, I was going to hear <laughs> like that big explosion. And I had my ear to the door go, another dud. Mommy's got to get new tampoons. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, I used the coyote, in a, but our references. Yes, yes, yes. Are just, you know, they're outdated. This is why I feel bad. You know, this is why I feel like. It's hard to keep up with that because I don't have interest right. in a lot of their yes. music. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. The I, band they don't have bands. So like remember we had bands that were like you could say, Oh, that he's a guy from Buffalo Springfield. He moved right. over to you know, we knew yes. like drummers yes. and knew they don't even have that. No, there's so much stuff. And I, I will run by some jokes to Mike. You do? Kids sometimes. if I'm like, Are you guys do you know about this or whatever? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I've been writing dad jokes lately. I'm just like leaning into it now. That's I, okay. I love that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I just wrote a couple today. 
was one I wrote. Uh, oh, oh, damn! But now I have to. My phone's out there. I wrote. I wrote them on my phone. One is uh, uh, what kind of lottery tickets does a dad with jock itch buy? A scratch ticket. Yeah, scratchers. Right. <laughs> But the, uh, that's a At least I, I didn't that. say Powerball. All right, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm starting to write them because I'm just, I'm like leaning into, sure, if you're sure. going to think, you already think I had a guy yell yes. a boomer. Oh boy. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that's like. That's just, like a slur. That, uh, the yes. worst thing oh, you can. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that, why can't I be sensitive to that now and say, you better say boomer. <laughs> you better put it on. The hard well, R well, boomer. In Boston that hurts. they do. So, yeah. Ah, yeah, boomer. <laughs> yeah, I mean. My son just rips on me all the time. He rips on my Instagram posts. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yours? Oh my God, yeah. My daughter's like, what are you doing? You know, yeah. <laughs> he told you how to do yes. it. You want, yes. my, my, here's my son's line. You wonder why you don't have followers. <laughs> I think you have a lot of followers. No, not that many. Not on Instagram. All right. Now, now, Facebook, I've got a bunch on the fan page, but even that's like dying down. It's hard to keep up. Oh my God. Because yeah, I, yeah. I can't. The other thing is, so you know, you have joke forms that you use for... Tonight show yes. for these talk shows. Yes. It's a certain skill set. Yes. We don't have a skill set for TikTok. Yeah, I'm not, you know. Have you done a TikTok I video? A TikTok, and I'm afraid to keep jumping to the next thing. Like right. I, I do, I tweet a joke every day. You do? I do. I don't have to, and, I, must, I have to, I do follow you. Okay. It doesn't come up on my feed though. Yeah. So I don't I, even know how that I works. I just do that once a, and I, I post a picture on Instagram maybe once a week or something, but. Isn't it sad though? Yes. Like, like yes. how many. How many people like it? And that's what our, our lives are predicated upon, oh how God. many likes we the, get. The worst. You write the best joke and it gets two likes. You go, really? And I'll, I get this thing. Out of 35,000 people, Absolutely. two people like this? Well, sometimes I'll have a joke kill on Twitter, and then I do it on stage. I'm so excited. <gasps> Nothing. Wow. And you go, oh. You, and you want to go, you know, people on Twitter really like, but it's a different form. It's a different medium. But they love my daughter's jokes. Do they really? <laughs> my daughter... My daughter told a joke, and I put it on. Actually, Rosie O'Donnell retweeted it. Really? My daughter's really smart, like funny. How old is she? She's a songwriter, a comedian. She just turned eight. Wow. It is unbelievable. Like, born oh, with it. Incredible. Really funny. I said one time, I said to her, I go, who are you? She's three and a half at the time. She goes, I'm Craig Shoemaker. She's on the couch. I go, what do you do? I'm a comedian. What does a comedian do? Make people laugh. I go, well, that's what you do during the night. What do you do during the day? And she goes, I scratch my balls. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of scratchers. That's but so she, funny. But she had a joke that Rosie retweeted. Um, uh, why isn't, jeez, uh, I can't remember her own joke. It's, uh, oh, oh, I know. Why isn't Donald Trump invited to the White House? Is the day after the election because it's for Biden. Oh, nice. That's it, so clever. I know. And wow. she, she told the joke in a video and I put it up. It still didn't go way viral. I don't know. Nobody follows me, but it, there's some algorithm. I don't even understand I know, it. No, but that's so clever. I, I know, that. but then you know, Rosie liked and everything. But you know, then then it just. Whoosh, oh yeah, it's gone. It's just it's, gone. It's that's just gone. That's yes. what we live in now. It's nothing's yes. registering. Nothing's planting. A seed is not planted. There's no foundation for anything. Yes. And yes. everything. It, that's why current event stuff is just. That's it, the something so I, fleeting. I, yes, I, that's really something I grapple with because I'd like to have something that actually has a little staying power. Yeah. Like, I love sitcoms. I'll watch, I'll watch an I Love Lucy or Dick Van Dyke show. You know, when he, I'll watch. Yeah. Did you see Meet the Ricardos, by the way? I did. I loved it. Good, good. Yeah. You didn't? I didn't know. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I, well, I, you love, I, must have loved the writer's room. I do. I love, I love the writer's room and I love um, 
Sorkin, I always, I always enjoy Aaron Sorkin. Oh, you know? he's brilliant. Yes. He, One of the most brilliant. Absolutely. Uh, you can recognize his writing, like yes. Mamet, yes. Sorkin. You can yes. really, really get the depth, and he's just he has so much knowledge in this business, and that's the one like inside stuff that I really like. My wife watched it last night. I started to watch with her. I'd seen it already. And I had to go to a comedy show, but I said, are you enjoying this? She grew up in Japan. Oh, that's so, so it's, it's interesting to get that perspective yes, on what yes. they, you know, what fine they find funny and right, what they right. were raised with. It's they're not raised with the same cadences even that we are. Right. Right. And we were raised basically a lot of it is Catskill oriented. It comes Borscht Belt. Yep. Oriented, vaudeville oriented, and it becomes that becomes part of the rhythm. Even Bugs Bunny, the way he was talking, exactly that his rhythm. Everything was like it was that that kind of rhythm. And when you're not brought up with that, it's foreign to you. So I was watching her not laugh at parts. I thought Fred Mertz and that was so what actors. J.K. Simmons, he's good, amazing, and I I loved him in that. But I thought she was brilliant. I thought they were all. I really loved. I I really liked the movie. I thought it was very underrated. But those those writers' rooms, which you've been in for sure. decades, I was in one, okay. and I did not like it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. What, so what what writers' room were you in? But it was different because there were no stand up comedians. As a matter of fact, they yeah. resented me because I was the only stand up. Interesting. Uh, they let me. They had a deal with me that I could go do stand up and still like miss work. Mm -hmm. So I'd come back with a tan. And they would go, where were you? I was in Hawaii. It was awesome. Where were you? <laughs> oh, we were in this room for 10 hours a day. Right. They did not like me very much. I, some some of them did. Sure, sure, then when sure. they came to my show, they saw that how good I am at the craft. So great. But in the room, oh, man, in a sitcom room, it is vicious. Wow. Now, I wonder if this is the case with a, with a show like Conan. They're auditioning for the next season. Like, they want to get this job again. So basically it becomes like a doggy dog, you know, like trying to impress and which includes trying to take you down because I'm going to get the right, job. Right. Like yes. it's Lord of the Rings kind of stuff. Yeah. We didn't, Did you, I, I, you didn't I, have that. We didn't have that. I know wow. other ever I, I've heard. No, because wow. I think they, I do think they, they would do a good job of vetting people before they hired them. Mm -hmm. I don't think they like to fight. It, it, they don't like to fire people. It would be unusual mm. when they did. Wow. And so people last for years. Yes. And they want, I think they wanted you to succeed. And, um, did you bring anyone out from New York? Uh, I, you know, to do the LA version of Conan. I, you know what? I, it's kind of funny because they will, when the tonight show, when Conan had got the tonight show, so we were going to have a bigger staff and a bigger, you know, Budget, yeah, we were going to have more monologue writers. Sure. I, I asked some friends of mine, but then there were some people where, there's this one guy in New York who I had done a show with just like in a basement show where you go and you're doing your five minutes of new stuff that you kind of don't, that's all, you know, you've got your notebook and it's, you know, yeah. it's not polished. You're just kind of, and I saw this guy and, and he had funny jokes and I didn't, I'd never saw him before. And I called up the guy who booked the show. I said, what's the name of that guy who did that joke about whatever? And he goes, Oh, that was Josh Comers. So he got me in touch with him. I said, why don't you submit to the, yeah. And he got hired. Wow. And I didn't even know him. I, I didn't, I don't think I had spoken to him before, but his jokes stood out, you know? Interesting. And one joke. One, well, yeah. One or two jokes. One or two jokes, but wow. they were so strong. I was like, this guy's. It's amazing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean. But I guess yeah. that's a different type of writer's room. I was in a sitcom, Fuller House. And I, that's what I found was it was really like you could see, look around the room and they would. 
The other thing is, yes. this has ever happened. I'm curious about these writers' rooms. Gordon, our producer, wants me to do something called inside the actor's studio with comics. Mm -hmm. Like, really get down to this stuff. That's one of the right. reasons I had you on today. I said, Gordon, you want to some, see somebody on the inside? <laughs> this guy's been on the inside for decades at a high level of success. Do you have the people in the rooms that um, are not supportive of one another, that there is a competition? Does that ever happen? It, 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 does, it does happen sometimes, but I, it... That person kills the room. It, it, that's what I mean. Yes, it's it the en it's an energy killer. Yes. And absolutely. I would tell a joke, and somehow it didn't, you know, you're pitching. You're pitching yes. and pitching, and yes. it's up on the screen, or somebody like a writer's assistant is writing it up on the screen. And then someone would tell the same joke literally two minutes later, and that would land. Yes, yes. And someone told me, don't do that, because what I did was I go, oh, I just told a joke two minutes ago. <laughs> right, right. They told me, shut up, because I was a new writer. Like, don't don't say that. You don't need credit. So does that kind of thing happen? Does, does the I, same joke get told and was said absolutely. minutes? It does. Oh, yeah, yeah. So and, interesting. And, and one thing would happen to us with, with, you know, when I was working with Lori and this, we, the monologue writers would meet and three or four of us would have, every day, two of us would have the same joke or three of us would have the no. joke. Oh, sometimes four of us, yeah. Because there's, wow. yes, because there are certain situations where, remember like someone's caught running across the White House lawn it was always, you know, it's Hillary trying to get in or it's Melania trying to get out or whatever. There's only a couple of ways to go with that. Do you know what I mean? Right, right, right. So we're, we're all going to, we're all swimming with you're, the same You're premises. working with the same premises. Yes. Yeah. So, so we're sure. going to come up with the same thing sometimes. That's what you come up with first. It's like, here, all right, here's yes. what's high. This is high level news right yes. now. These are yes. the 10 things they're talking about. Now, boom. Now, yes. where are the jokes? Yes. Are you pitching on the spot or do you go let them go into their office and they're writing the jokes? Uh, we're usually in our office writing. Uh, then we Individually, then individually. bring them. Yes. And yeah, then, because it'd be, yeah. it's distracting to me when you're in this competitive, because I don't like that. I don't like that. And either. it's no, not that, improvisational. It's not yes no. and. It's yes, fuck you. Yes. <laughs> so, but sorry. I mean, when when Lori and I would brainstorm or whatever, we're not competing with each other. You know. So you, you, you brainstorm with Lori Kilmartin a lot. Yes. Yes. Interesting. And, and, yeah. and the other, but I felt with the other monologue writers, you know, Josh Comers and, and Rob Kuttner you, or whatever, we weren't competing. We but were. you just bonded with her the most. Well, we, she's more your voice. Well, How did that work? I, you know, just because we we're both stand ups, I think that. And the other ones aren't. The other ones, for the most part, weren't. Really? Yeah. So okay. I think that made a big difference in terms sure of Sure does. Stuff, and you, you know? get to like kind of play this stuff out. You know, the beats, you know, the rhythms. Yes. You know, the audience reaction. Yes. That's why. I so I so believe in stand ups. I really do. I think we're the yes. Well, the and other this thing is not about bragging. We're the greatest creators there are. <laughs> no, seriously, we don't no. need makeup. We don't need CGI. We don't. It's raw. It's us. It's it's uh, from. It's truly connected. And yeah. I think that there's a resilience that you have to oh, yeah. that's, you build. That's up. a big one. I even think about that. You know, one. Be, yes, because I've seen big it with time. other writers that. Yeah. That when the host doesn't like their things and they're crying in their office, I'm like, you're crying. Yeah, office. try bombing in front <laughs> yeah, of a thousand absolutely. people. <laughs> Believe me, whatever you're self-conscious yeah, about, yeah. people have yelled that at me a million times. You know what I mean? So it's like we're, we're, yeah. we're kind of like the Navy SEALs of the armed forces, yes. and the other writers, eh, Coast Guard. <laughs> it's like, it's like a, yeah, you, you've had a you know you had a little hole in the boat yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, it was a little tough. Nobody has been shot out like Absolutely. we have. Because yeah. it's when you bomb, it's public humiliation. It is. You know? it's, there is it, there's nothing like it's like being in a, a stockade. Absolutely. And and there are people that would do that once and go, I'm never doing that again. It's like, oh, I'm that's yeah. going to happen again. <laughs> Number one yes. fear is public speaking. Imagine right. adding 
Absolutely. Oh, my God. You must get a laugh yes, out of it. absolutely. You could bomb as a public speaker and not be talking about some trying to get laughs. Yes. That's and, fine because you don't even know what the reaction is. Getting, they could be loving it and you absolutely. have no idea unless they applaud. Yes. But here you must get laughter because it propels the next joke. Absolutely. And the things people will yell, you know, whatever. Oh. And sometimes you're doing a show where, especially starting out, they don't even know there's supposed to be a show. You know, they have a show at a restaurant and the people came to eat. Oh. They're like, we didn't come for a show. Why are we, you know, like those kind of situations. Those you know? are the worst. Oh, yeah. well, you're interrupting them. Oh, yeah. Or they, they book somebody books for the Christmas party and the people don't want to. They're having, they're enjoying the Christmas party. They yeah. Don't, they don't want a comedian. Or how about know? you're at a, an auction, like a silent auction, like a football, oh, yeah. all these, all these hall of fame football players, they want to hang out and get their autograph and you're going, whoa, pay attention to me oh, who you've never God. heard of before. Wow. These like you know, celebrity oh, golf right. outings and stuff like that. Oh, my God. They do not want to hear right. from us. Yeah. And that's what's really sad to me, too, is I think we should put comedy at the top of the list. And we are the court jesters. We are the most disrespected. And I Absolutely. don't believe this should be true. One of my goals of having this show is to tell people, or not tell people, that show people or invite people into this new space, this new world of possibility of what comedians can do for you, we really are of service to you. We break you free of nerves. We break you fear of ang free of anxiety. We take you to a space where you're not thinking about something that's going on in your life that's tragic or suffering. We take you out of that. Yeah. You know, it's, we have the world of distraction out there. We are taking you into a wonderful world of distraction into yourself and into your true self where you are exploding with laughter and joy and happiness. But we're the last people on the rung. It's true. It's, I mean, so, we're, we're the so ones they censor. That's true. Even with the, you know, even when you look at the Oscars or whatever, yeah, it's rarely a comedic actor or a. Com there's you know, no comedy category. There's no comedy category. I've Absolutely. been barking about this for years. Yes, and it's like it's and and you can see great actors who can't do comedy and you go, no. no, it's you know what I mean. And no, go, they're amazing, but it's like they don't have that thing. You know, and they're so full of themselves. I was always protective of Hollywood and now I'm kind of out. <laughs> I, I really am. I'm well, out. I, I understand I, why people think they're snobs and erudite. And I, 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 now I get it because they really, that's the one thing that really irks me is like, you couldn't take a moment to go, wait a minute. We don't need sound editing. We need what person made all this money for us, this comedy that made yes. all this money, but the only thing we're going to relegate them to, these court jesters, these mirth monkeys, is let them present Yes, and, they and do a little funny absolutely. thing. Yeah, And it, they don't have the regard for them that they, they should. We, we have, we, uh, comedians need more regard. I don't understand yeah. how it happened, but I do think that some of it has to do with this patriarchal corporate society that doesn't want our voice out there because our voices are original and genuine and authentic and have people think in a different way than they're yes. telling them to think. And, and they're irreverent. We're irreverent, which they but don't. But here's want. what happened, though. That corporate structure, that system that we're under, which the news is all sponsored by people that keep you in fear and all that kind of stuff, that's what they do. Now Hollywood's doing it. Think about it. Think about the Hollywood films, the ones that are nominated. It's always about something that... People don't even relate to this. They're not going to watch. They're not going to watch if you continue to right. go down this path. If you don't make them laugh and, and feel good, and you think it's just about your serious issues, or what you, they don't even know about it most of the time. They just had a, I just heard they have a, a Western that's like the most popular movie right now. And it was directed by, uh, you know, somebody that's never you know, lived in the West, knows nothing about the West. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was in New Zealand. It was supposed to be Montana. You know what I mean? She did the piano, Jane Campion. Yeah. I was like, well, what do you know about these cowboys? These are cowboys. Right, right. 
So it's disingenuous. Yes. Well, that was a movie that I didn't understand until, you know. I never my, saw it. My neighbor had to explain it to me like a week later, and I was like, oh, I, how was I supposed to get that? <laughs> you know what I mean? What, it was like, was it? Well, just with this, like the I whole, didn't see it. Yeah. What's it called? Something to the dog or uh, something? Is it The Power of the Dog? Power of the Dog. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. It's supposed I mean, it was, to be nominated. It was over win. my head, so I don't know what to Over think. your head, a bright yes. man over well, your head. <laughs> and no, my, that's, that's, yeah. my, it's, it's so frustrating to see. I, I remember one time in the Oscars, um, I told you Chris Rock used my audience to rehearse his sure. Oscars. And he was the host. He was a wonderful host. And of course, they sure. didn't like it. It was too, because they all want to be serious. And he says, what do Jude Law, what did Jude Law do? You know, he did something like that. Yes. And then, oh, of course, the most important man on the planet, Sean Penn, comes out and he goes, Jude Law is a fine actor. <laughs> you know, not like, not like you, comedy boy. Just, I like, dressed him down because he was yes. trying to have fun. Yeah which is yes, what we should that. do. This Oscar is not going to yes. change the world, and okay? And you so thanking your agent. I, no one in the world, no one in the world, all they're doing is auditioning for the next part. They're kissing the ass of a publicist or a producer or whatever it is. That's why they put them on the list. Yeah, that's a good point. You know what yeah. I did when I won the Oscars of uh, comedy, the comedian of the year, you know what I did? I said, everybody, literally people ask me to thank them. Make sure you thank me. Really? Oh, yeah. They're manager, agent. Oh, of course. Really? They have nothing to do with anything. They're not writing your jokes. Right. They're not out. Are they out in Ohio, you know, with an audience right, begging right. people to go on radio shows with people pressing buttons and everything? No, they're not out there. They're not in the trenches. They know nothing. Right. They receive calls. Don't even make a call. Make sure you thank me. I went on stage. I, I got them. I go, hello. Oh, thank you for this. This is wonderful. I said, there's a lot of people that are asking me to thank them. For my career, I'd like to thank the people that I'd like to help me with my career. <laughs> so I said, I'd like to thank in advance Stevie Spielberg, Marty Scorsese. <laughs> I made great. this list That's of so people. Funny. You know, and, uh, and the manager is like not happy because I didn't say his name. I, and I think that was the last time he managed me. I, that's so, I can't believe so. Of course they do. Thank me. Oh it's, well, God. that's because they're about, just like the writer's room, like I said, they're about the next job. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. auditioning for the next job. We don't live in a very solid world. Hollywood is such not a solid. The same people that they're touting to be the, the biggest star in the world, five years later, they could even win an Oscar. They can't even get past the velvet rope. Yeah. That's yep. how it is. It's a popularity contest. They're all in this big circle jerk and the comedians are not. That's We're true. too cynical to be in that video. <laughs> we know too much to be in that circle. We know how fraudulent it is. Yeah, that's true. That's why this year I left the left. I love the left because of the empathy, but I can't take the I hypocrisy. Yeah, yeah. I can't take it to the non-thinking, the getting in line, just like everybody else, you know, what I always thought was just the right. So I'm in a centered area. All right. Yeah. All right. I can you look very judgmental of me right now. No, no, no. I, I, hope I'm, I hope I'm not. No, no, no. I don't think I am. No, no. I, I totally see what you're saying. I don't. Yeah. Do you I, find yourself on one side or the other? Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm still. I'm still on the left, but I, I, I do get frustrated and I, you know, it's hard to be hopeful a lot of times, you know? Yeah. Especially um, the cynical left, the very yeah. cynical, yeah. very attacking. Yeah. Like you want, you, you want to get rid of Donald Trump. Stop talking about Donald Trump. Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, the idiocy that goes well, that's on. That's the thing is that they're, they're, the, he, they're his best promoters. Yes. He wants you to talk about him. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he doesn't care if it's negative no, no, because he's going to say that you're a pompous ass and the people that are following are going to follow him. Right. Right. So. That's, that's the whole thing is when he got elected, I went, Oh no, you, you, the media got him elected. You covered every one of his rallies. You focused on everything you said during the debates. He would say things purposely calling him little yes. Ted or whatever it was, or yes. little Marco and all that kind of stuff. 
they loved it and they they ate it up and that's what they put out on that's what they put out they didn't put out somebody with a yes. great policy yes well i'm much more interested in history than i am politics. me too you know i'd uh, much rather read learn about, from history yes i'd much rather read a book about fdr or something than read about what's going on. i don't know i'm i you do know, know. I, I, like think, have, I like having that distance on things and, and i agree you know. i agree fdr is a great example yeah. i mean there's a, but do, digging deeper, though, you know, which, you know, who does that is Oliver Stone. I really admire him. I don't know if you followed him, but he does a whole other version of history, which I love. Yes. Yeah. He really does a deep dive on how things happen. You know, we don't just he doesn't mindlessly accept what happened in, you know, 1979 in Iran, you know, with the Shah. No, he's going to dig down deeper and go, no, the CIA put him there. There's puppets sure, and all sure, that kind sure, of stuff. Sure. It's like we mindlessly just accept what they tell us. You know, and that's, I like to go digger and dig deeper in the history and learn from it like Gulf of Tonkin didn't exist. Right, right. You know, it was a lie. So we went to Vietnam, yeah. and killed hundreds of thousands of people. So then when Iraq came, I'm going, hey, I'm a little suspicious here. Hey, you're a, you're a treasonous. Yes, yes. Yeah, and so one side or the other, whenever we deify or empower people, a person, yes, an institution, we're in trouble. Yeah. When we're not listening to our heart. We're not listening to the comedians. Well, we, yes. We're we've true been voices. Lied, and we've been lied to so many times. Exactly. You know? And comedians don't lie. That's what's really cool. You know, that's why we're proud of this business, right? Hey, man, that, that time zipped by. So wow, sorry. You're so going to go quick. back right in the middle of Russia. Oh, I hate God. to tell you how long this was. It was longer than one of my sets. Really? really? That went by so fast. Yes, it did. And now I do have a gift for you. Your vitamins over here. Well, highest, you. highest vitamins. These are awesome. Read, maybe you can do the read on this. Read some of the, some of the, some of the details and what these vitamins do. These are different vitamins. All right. This says it, it strengthens the immune system. Which is huge. Yes. Cell de detoxification. We got to detoxify. We have toxins inside of us that we eat every day. Our foods has toxins in them. Uh, it enhances cellular hydration. There it is. And it's a powerful antioxidant. So, so those are the things we need in a vitamin. Those are all in that bottle. And you. you or anyone can go to Highest Vitamins. That's H-Y-E-S-T, vitamins.com. The promo code is LAFTERHEALS. You get a 20% discount. You, of course, to get those for free for driving all this way from Studio Thank City. 15% goes to Laughter Heals. We really do believe in the powers of laughter, trying to raise the awareness of these powers that we have possessed inside of every one of us is joy and happiness and light and levity. I encourage everyone to go down to that deep spot, go past the darkness and go into that light. There's nothing like laughing. Isn't you know, there? I've been, you know, right? we're so lucky. That I'm, we're in this business yes, still. absolutely. And I laugh so much every day and it's, it's so great. Comedians live a long time, by the way, the ones that don't, you know, yes. kill themselves and yes. stuff like that. But think about it, you know, Shecky Green. And, and, and George Burns. Mel Brooks, and, George Burns, 100. Bob Hope, oh my God. Bob know, Hope Bob, Milton Berle. Bob Newhart. Don Rickles. Yes. Phyllis Diller. These people, you know, Joan Rivers would have been living if yeah. she didn't have so much surgery. Right. You know what I mean? Like. It's amazing to amazing. me when you're around that resonant power of laughter, what it can do to you. And that's what I want to ask everyone in the audience. I want to invite you to just take a step back and go, wait a minute. Yeah, there's a lot of tomfoolery going on here. Look at history and look at the history even of comedy, of how, how out of the depression, how comedy saved us. And that's what can happen now if you make that choice. Turn away from the news. It's dark. It's dire. It's fear-filled. That's how they get you. And that's been a historical thing as well. Yeah. It's the same type of propaganda. It's like, 
kill this. So you pay attention to this. Kill the creators is always the first step they take. All dictators do it. They're doing it now. And I don't think we should participate in that by canceling comedians, being too sensitive on stuff. Move on to the next joke. That's what I encourage you to do. And I'm with you. I want to say one more thing, Brian Kylie. How can we find you, by the way? Uh, Well, I'm on Twitter at Kylie Noodles. Kylie Noodles. Um, and uh, Instagram, just Brian Kylie Comic. Oh, look at you. You got that. Okay. That's well, there are not a lot of Brian Kylie Comics out there, but <laughs> I'm glad you got that. I'm sure under the advisement of your of your children, I'm sure they, they tell you how to do it. <laughs> they do. So uh, anyway, such a pleasure having you. I know our producer, he already wrote on the screen how much he liked that. Oh, well, we have a, also another gift for you, oh, a candle. God. Well, thank you. These are called Ethan Cole. This one's white tea. If you smell, I want you to smell it live on the air. Okay. And, and on the air. It's, it's how we talk still, but, um, you know, Hey, you go over to the TV and, uh, you know, uh, press, you know, hit the TV a few times. Cause it's, it's, Oh, look at this. He's smelling it. How good is that Ooh, smell? My God. You know, that's all natural. They use coconut wax. It's not the old school. And there's a wood wick for the, um, a fireplace feeling. It oh, has a fireplace wow. sound to it. You know, if you smelled like this, people would shower with you. <laughs> This is a class in comedy, folks, that you listen to. That's called a callback. Brian Kylie, you go to ethancole.com if you want to get some more of those. Those are great gifts, by the way. Women go nuts for these. And a few men, too. I'm not being sexist, but you know, I saw how much you liked it. Ethan Cole, that's with a Y and a K. So uh, I hope you had a great time today. And uh, I was educated. This is awesome. A little history of comedy, a little how it's done and had some fun today. Just remember one thing that I always want you to think of, everyone. Enlighten the fuck up, will you? <laughs> I'll see you next time. <laughs>